Today's episode of Tax Season is brought to you by Bevel. Stop relying on razors to leave you looking worse than when you started shaving. Take care of your look and your skin with Bevel. Order your Bevel razor today by going to GetBevel.com and using code TAX to get 20% off your first month. That's code T-A-X to get 20% off the first month of your new Bevel subscription. Thank me later, beloved. Say hello to the bad guy tax season. I recorded this out in Cali. No jumper episode with my motherfucking nigga Adam. Adam is a cool motherfucking white boy that owns a bike shop. You know what I mean? And he, he does a lot of drugs and he loves to eat ass. He's a um ass connoisseur, ass carnivore. You know what I mean? Um, A good dude, though, overall. You know what I mean? I've shared some good weed with him and... Link up for some motherfucking good ass motherfucking convo on motherfucking tax season. Be safe though. Oh yeah, make sure you motherfucking buy your ticket to tax season live for the show in London. That's motherfucking September 10th. And I need all you motherfuckers that like know the dope MCs out there. Cause just because you popping out there, you got like a million views don't mean I'm a fuck with you. That just ain't me. Like you gotta be like, okay, I gotta dig your shit. So you can have 1000 listens on your shit. And if it's lit, I'm gonna invite you to motherfucking tax season live and I'm gonna tell you to perform when I close. You dig what I'm saying so you don't got to send me the nigga who got niggas some niggas was like oh you got to do a skepta and like skeptical I ain't saying skepta dirt or no shit but I'm like no nigga somebody out there is good too so there's somebody else out there and I'm willing to give people opportunities to shine and the motherfucking expand a brand you dig what I'm saying that's what the fuck I do so if you know some dope artists out there R&B pop I don't give a fuck what they is I don't care if they white or black either you dig what I'm saying or, or Chinese or, or, or motherfucking ISIS. Nah, if you ISIS, I might fuck you up. But, um, you know what I mean? If, if you, if you talented, you know what I mean? Send me the motherfucking links and I'm gonna check them shits out four in the morning when I usually wake up and, and through six o'clock, I'm gonna listen and shit and I'll probably slander you by seven thirty. So, um, just, just send them shit in and we gonna get this shit rocking for tax season live. Motherfucking September 10th. Be safe though. Say hello to the bad guy. Tax season. We out here right now. Downtown LA. With white boy Adam. <laughs> What's up, Tax? How you doing, man? What's good, Adam? That's definitely the most accurate description you could give for me. Yo, man. Adam. Adam is from No Jumper Podcast. Yeah. I recently um I recently was introduced to the podcast from a lot of people that was tweeting me. They like, Tax, you got to fuck with no jumper, no jumper. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you know, certain people when they said I, I, I respect their opinion a little bit more than others. So I was like, I was like, all right, it must be okay. You Shout out Jeff I mean? and Eric from It's The Real. They're probably the, the ones putting in the word. Shout out to Jeff and Eric, man. Those are some good brothers over there, man. Make sure you go um, download It's The Real on iTunes, man. And Waste get acquainted of time, with. yeah. It's a real good hip-hop podcast from the um, – from New York City, shot right in Harlem. Some definitely some good fellows. I heard you call them like a real New York City street podcast, and I was hyped because I'm like the, the nerdy ass Jewish guys getting some some street cred right there. Yeah, well, they, <laughs> they, you know they do they do a decent podcast. And yeah, they, they kill they it. Do it with, um, you know what I mean? They do it in Harlem. Like how yeah. how more gangster is that? But like, they got a doorman. All the black dudes, <laughs> all the black dudes do their podcast in Manhattan. You know, downtown yeah. somewhere, Midtown, and the white Jewish dudes do their shit in Harlem with yeah. all the gangster rappers. <laughs> so shout out to Eric and Jeff, man. Yeah, we also man. got Kelly with us. How you feeling? Hi, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Kelly, today. introduce yourself. 
Um, I'm Kelly. I um, am a producer out here in L.A. I have a few shows on Alt Digital. I take different visual content, make it stuff, do marketing campaigns for different mm-hmm. artists, work with a sneaker brand, kind of do uh, brand consulting, get it on celebrity seating, kind of marketing and guerrilla yeah. marketing. Basically, grand. Tax always has incredibly attractive women with him for some reason. I don't know what it is. Well, you she know, growing up, a, growing up, a, growing <laughs> up, growing up, growing up, um... <laughs> I'm not usually for the white boy, so I appreciate you. Oh, wow, yeah. You're an open, ugly man, you know. Super woke, I learned that if you have somebody beautiful with you, that you can attract more um, Mm -hmm. beautiful women. It's a fact, you know. Social proof. I need some more more white boys in my life, so I appreciate you for bringing me today with this one. You came to the right spot, man. Yeah, Jesus, Tax, what are you doing in there? This sounds like a a vivid um, (laughs) (laughs) vivid scene. (laughs) Tax is out here in the porn community, man. What's going on right now? I appreciate the energy, though. But um, how did you get – well, you're from Massachusetts, right? Well, I'm from New Hampshire, like 30 minutes outside Boston. Yeah. Nashville, New Hampshire. So what's the difference? What's the difference between Boston and New Hampshire? Well, it's kind of weird because New Hampshire is sort of like a, a more like rural state. It's very like backwoods and everything. And then like Massachusetts and everything. Like I grew up like five minutes from the Massachusetts border. But, like right like a half hour away from Boston. And Boston is like the city in the area. You know, like everybody – in that area, even in New Hampshire or whatever, they all worship the fucking Celtics and the Red Sox. And, you know, so it's kind of like Boston is like the cultural epicenter. It, it would be like for a comparison, it would be like if you were from like, I don't want to say Yonkers, but like claiming the sea. I want to say like if you were from like, I don't know, like 40 minutes into Jersey or something. And then you were still like, yeah, I'm like kind of from New York. Like I relate to New York culturally, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. it's, it's that kind of vibe. Yeah. All right, I see. So you like a fake Boston? Exactly. Yes, because it's like I'm kind of from like the suburbs, you know. But it's like mm-hmm. Boston is sort of like the the cultural like reference point. Are you Irish? I'm French Canadian and Italian. All right, now I'm I'm kind of <laughs> glad you said this because I've been having this dispute with people because I keep I was I met black French Canadians when I was in prison okay. upstate and COs and they would say I'm French Canadian. I'm not black. Okay. So I'm looking at them like, I think you're black. You could be both, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they was like separating it like. Yeah, I saw you have this whole argument. You've seen me, right? This I was, was like. Little, way deeper than I ever expected it to go because I think I was equally as confused. But Yeah, uh, but yeah. this is how I, it was addressed to me and it was continuously addressed as I met more. Right. I met, it wasn't one or two people. It was like five or six. It was like, I'm French Canadian. I'm not black. See, that's interesting because I grew up around mad French Canadian people, but never once in my life, I think, have I ever heard a black guy say I'm French Canadian. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I didn't understand. And I think it's because, like, a lot of black dudes maybe in prison, they speak to the summer to see When you see a black CO upstate New York, it's like a difference. Right. You usually don't see black COs upstate New okay. York. It's more of an all-white thing. Right. So when they see a black CO, they probably address them like black man or say something, and maybe that's the response. You know what I mean? But I don't know if they do it as a defense mechanism to be like I'm not like you so don't you know what I mean right. or that's why I was like I was always like yo I met black dudes who told me they was French Canadian and yeah. they're not black See, that's, you know that's what new mean? to me I didn't so know about dudes that. have been in, in, in New York prisons upstate they know about that They'll. Okay. I'm pretty sure anybody that they can attest to that. Like, it's the most confusing shit ever. I think I understand the part of, like, saying, like, I'm French-Canadian, but, like, not saying that I'm not black in the same sentence. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, feel like you can right. be both. I think you should be all of it. But, again, 
know. <laughs> yeah. What do I know? Like, I'm, I mean, my good friend Edwin De La Rosa from Brooklyn, like, he always says he's Panamanian, but it's like he, he has the experience of a black person in America, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you're still functionally black because I'm f- exactly. you get in a cab, you're black. You know? I'm from like, Honduras. Right, yeah. So a lot of um, Hondurans say on Twitter to me, they be like, yo, you always saying you black. And I'm like, nigga, I'm black because they're going <laughs> to identify me as black male right. with the with the Sunni beard or some shit. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> like, seriously, this is my description and that's how I was raised. You right. know what I mean? This is what I was raised, the communities I was raised and I'm black. Yeah. But a lot of them try to say like, yo, you're, I'm like, yeah, I am, but I'm black. It's not like, just a genetic thing, it's a cultural thing yeah. too. And like, yeah. Like, they always try to say that about Obama too. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, he ain't really black. But it's like, he's, if he gets to experience life as a black guy in America up mm-hmm. until he became president, I guess that's a little different. <laughs> so when did you when did you start when did you start fucking with bikes? Uh, when I was like thirteen, it was kind of like all the bad kids in my neighborhood rode bikes. This and is still stuff. in New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah, and like we were just you know that was just kind of the normal thing when you're thirteen. Like that's a weird thing is like being thirty two and still into BMX is strange. But like when you're twelve <laughs> or thirteen, it's like everybody has a shitty little yeah. bike that they're riding around the neighborhood. I'm just never stopped for some reason, but. Yeah, just over the years, I kind of, like, fell in love with it from, like, a cultural perspective and, like, loving the magazines and the videos and all the different characters that I was learning about and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just went crazy for it, and I was just always obsessed with it and, like, going to skate parks and traveling around to different events and stuff like that, you know? Are you nice on the bike? Do you got, like... I'm all right, but I'm not... I was never pro or anything. I was never, like, Mm -hmm. crazy good or anything. I'm I'm, I'm sufficient. It ain't like I look like You look like like a fake pro. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You go somewhere and tell somebody you was pro and they'll believe you, like... like, Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a pro. Girls always say that. They're always, like, assume that because it would kind of make sense, but no, I was never, like, that good. I was always more like a dude (laughs) filming and, like, you know, Mm -hmm. I was not necessarily... I'm I'm trying... I would be more like Dame. Like, I had some personality but i I can rap (laughs) (laughs) i get it i get it i get it so you love a hip-hop yo since day one i I remember uh the first music that i got into like post like children's music post like sesame street was like snoop and dr dre and i just i don't don't know it just like resonated with me in a crazy way where i was just obsessed with it even though i had really almost no frame of reference for what the fuck they were talking about i thought that like mm-hmm. i thought snoop and coolio were all in the same gang and shit because they all had a blue bandana yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was just talking about my confusion with that i do not right. understand yeah. la gangs i don't really care to but yeah i'm from up north i'm from the bay and okay. like it's either like red or blue that's it and right. if you're red all of you are just like the little west side versus east side type of shit even though we were from it. but i never heard of blood's wearing blue and then right. it's okay and type of shit like that like at back home if you wear red that signifies some you wear blue that signifies some out here they wear yellow green red blue purple black i don't know who's who they killing each other i don't know shit about the <laughs> la gangs out I'm, here luckily i avoided that yeah. Confused. yeah i'm confused <laughs> also I, i've been out here for like five years and i haven't joined a gang yet luckily so i'm proud of you man <laughs> i've been because i've been meeting so many like i didn't like you know I, back home in new york like I, i'm one of the dudes that like really be giving like speeches to kids and, right. and like dudes not not even just kids, grown men, mm-hmm. like nigga, like fuck this gang shit. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. Fuck this shit. But when I came over here, I didn't understand how much of it's a part of the culture mm-hmm. that I meet men that's like fifty two that's in the gang. Right, so yeah. I'm like, oh shit, I can't be saying fuck your gang over here. Like <laughs> yeah. I can't. This is a part of their culture. They their mother is in the gang, their grandmother. Right. So it's like it's weird. It's a little weird. And I, I definitely understand why why LA dudes would be like, New York dudes ain't Ain't real, right. no real bloods or crips and shit. Like I understand it now that I'm really seeing how deep and embedded it is into the oh, culture. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? It's different. 
Yeah. And, like, they play by, like, a different set of rules. You right. know what I mean? That's, yeah. But with rap, I was always, like, I don't know. I, I think when it got real crazy for me when I was, like, 18 and, like, the Jay-Z and Nas beef. Like, that just – I had never really thought about Jay in that much depth. But then, like, I really kind of, like, revisited it. Because that was right about the time that um the, the Blueprint 1 came out. And that's, that made me just want to, like, revisit his whole catalog. And I think it was through, like, really studying, like, Jay and Nas's catalogs and, like, really listening to every album and getting, like, a true appreciation for it. And also, it was just, like, the, the epic rise of 50 around that time, too, that just, like – and and you know what it was too? It was double XL because uh, shout out to to YN Elliot Wilson because he was always uh, he was all, like I don't know I just like respected what he was doing like editorially with double XL at the mm-hmm. time because he just like was taking over the world with that shit like they really kind of destroyed the source as like a media company yeah they did kind of and it was beautiful like I just loved Not seeing Conda, that happen they did oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they took him out like really really took him out even t- to now where people don't give a fuck with the source right yeah I think I but what magazine do does hip hop give a fuck about that's uh, the question none now I don't Do, think does that. any exist not I mean not that I care about I mean double XL is still out I think is the source still out it's thin but it, it, it looks like the sauce when the sauce was on its way out they got no I just seen one recently and I grabbed yeah. it and I was like damn this shit is kind of a thin magazine yeah, now. It, like it's either over or almost over for every everybody yeah podcast a new magazine the, I, the stash just started a magazine oh, okay. that one's the first one from the stash the first it's a good magazine oh, okay. I, I, I got one I, tr- I just purchased one and it came and um it's a good magazine but i'm i am wondering like is the magazine space completely dead right like I mean, is it maybe there's a little bit of room you see what the people, magazines but, turned into they turned yeah. into full full gossips like gossip sites right like when it was, they yeah, were reporting hip hop. Yeah, but who's going to go magazine for that? I pick up my phone. Yeah, yeah. Or, or Twitter. People that's just what they're doing they're now. Twitter and shit. But they've realized that there's been people. Twitter's my news source. I found everything on Twitter first. Yeah. Like there's been people now that motherfucking um, just you know talk about gossip or whatever, and they're doing better than the publications. Exactly. Oh, uh, so now the publications got to go and take their wave yeah. right. and try to do it. Like, I'm watching, like, the transition over the last year and a half and two years, and I'm like, holy shit, look what they're doing. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, like literally, like, you or academics or somebody like that is, like, a way bigger cultural force in hip-hop now than, like, Double XL or The Source. It's like... That's um, crazy. Absolutely. That wasn't yeah, supposed like a, to happen. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, I guess it's like people... Now, well, I guess it's like if you telling the truth or not. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of that goes with that, too. Like, a lot of times people are reporting the shit that they seen reported. Exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? So if you're just saying some shit or you breaking some shit and then it's true right. or whatever it might be, you know what I mean? I think people start believing in you and then they just start... You know what I mean? Because that's how I... Like, people... I shook people up with that Hot 97 shit because... Yeah. I had told him, I'm like, listen, Flex don't got that record. And then the whole <laughs> yeah. night went, and he did not yeah, have that record. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people was like, holy shit, you was right. And then, you know what I mean? All these old school publications are going to have to, like, eventually, like, adapt to the, the relatability and the personality. Like, mm-hmm. because XXL, if the best thing that they could do right now would be like, oh, we're going to get tax, and we're going to give him this much bread, and he's going to be the face of us as a fucking media company. Mm-hmm. So you or somebody like you that already has importance to be the, the figurehead, you know, they need yeah. somebody. It's already established. You know what it is also? Yeah. You know what it is what also? What it is also, I believe, with a lot of the um, hip-hop things is that they, um, they, um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be off mad drugs. <laughs> be off mad drugs, beloved. You know That's how i be. The best tax quote. You know you how i be, beloved. I'd be on mad drugs. I love I definitely, it. I definitely lost my train of thought. But um, Cali, we do what it is, what, what, it, what I think, what I think it is with a lot of the, um, 
the the hip hop publications that are now like you know um, becoming like just online publications and shit like that. I think that they they try to they try too hard now. Mm-hmm. It's not it's a false feed type thing now. Like they they're so lost. It's like. They're intelligent people, but the thing is, is that their knowledge was for then. It's right. not for now. It's like right now, if you help um, maybe a 10-year-old with their math, you might not know how to solve the problem mm-hmm. because now they done cre- found new ways to make the problem and taught them new ways to solve it. Right. So the regular way that we was taught is different now. So I think that's what the where the gap is right now within the music industry with them not letting younger people in that actually are internet savvy and know how to sell things and market things online. Right. Because these they look sad sometimes. Like and I and I you know I talk a lot. I, I tell people a lot. Like um, if I don't talk about you, you're probably doing something right. Right. You know what I mean. And if I don't slander you, because I'm a slander, whoever's doing the wrong <laughs> shit. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. So it's like it's it's not that many people out there doing the right shit right now. Exactly. As far as like the hip hop game out a lot, was, yeah. like it's like nothing new coming. Everybody's copying each other. Right. You know what I mean? It's like where the fuck is the originality at? I like what you were saying recently on the podcast about like old school DJs in New York. How it's like everybody is so used to all these people who like cannot say their actual opinion mm-hmm. because of their job or whatever. And then somebody like you comes out that just is, has the balls to say like, I don't fuck with this rapper. Or I don't like what this dude did back in the day or some shit. And it mm-hmm. just shakes the whole fucking system up because then people realize how boring everybody else is because yeah. they can never say their own and opinion. And, 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 and like, for instance, when you interviewed me, you were basically asking me like, yo, do you think, do you know, like when you say certain things that it's going to be controversial, but I really don't because I speak my mind so much. Right. Right. That I don't know that is I'm not necessarily doing it for shock value. Right. Like for instance, the Cameron thing. Like I knew that that was going to shake some shit up. I did. Right. But that been my opinion for years. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like you know what I mean. Like I did it for that purpose. Right. I actually have not said it for a long time because I really do like Cameron. Like as an artist, like as a character. You know right, what I mean. Yeah. He was a staple in New York. Niggas wanted to dress like him. Me, not for just real. niggas. You know what I mean. Yeah. So he definitely was somebody that I always looked up to. But when I said it. I knew that it was going to shake shit up, but it wasn't like the point, like, I want to get Cam mad, and I'm like, right. you know what I mean? It wasn't like that. Like, that was my opinion on the situation. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, I don't never know that it's going to shake shit up. See, and then that, it happens, and I'll be like... See, you're still new to, like, being in the public sh- sphere, because I feel like I've been doing the BMX thing for, like, 10 years and everything in the mm-hmm. media, so it's like, when I think of something that I feel like tweeting, I can kind of look at the tweet right now and be like, alright, like... I know what this is gonna This do. is gonna be offensive mm-hmm. to these people, because yeah, I've just been doing it long enough that I have, like, the filter, but I try to, like, bypass it and ignore it, because I want to be raw and as honest as possible, because that's what people want, you know? I think if we get everybody as a whole to just want to be themselves and say what's on their mind, Right. Like, for instance, like me, I always tell people I'm cool with open racists. You know what I mean? It's closet racist to scare me. Right. I'm yeah, scared yeah, yeah, of you because yeah, yeah. you just hanging around me and you hate me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I would like to know. Like, I would like to know. Fuck you, nigga. All right, God bless. Let me go across the street. <laughs> yeah. And people over there don't like me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I like openness. I like people being open about how they feel about me and stuff like that. Like, I don't I don't mind. Like, you know what I mean? I don't mind somebody not liking me. I don't think I'm the most likable person. Anybody that speaks their mind too much is not going to be liked. But I don't think we should, like, silence racists. I think we should encourage them to 
to so speak more so that are. you can debunk what they're saying because it's pretty easy if you put like a smart non-racist person and a real racist person in the same room and they had to have an argument on the podcast that the dude who's opposed to racism is going to win. We all know that that's, that's how it works out in the long run. So it's like we should be encouraging that kind of conversation because, you know, if ideas are just completely silenced, then they're not going to ever be like eliminated. Exactly. But if, they, if, if people debate or people have conversations, then bad ideas can get thrown out more easily, I think. That's 100% true. Adam just dropped the motherfucking jewel. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Adam the jewel dropper, no jumper. Do- <laughs> you like that? No jump. I'm balling like an athlete, but got no jumper. How do you oh, go shit. from having like a just a bike store like this to getting into podcast? How do you? I, I started out just um, doing BMX podcast, but there's a really popping uh, rapper in LA named Xavier Wolf. There's like a good friend of mine because he was trying to ride BMX and stuff for a little while. So I was hanging out with him. I did an interview with him like when I first started doing BMX interviews, and that just did like ten times as many views as any of the BMX videos that I, or interviews I was doing at the time. And then I just kind of start. I, I was just doing no jumper as like a little fucking around thing for a while, and like interviewing a few people I knew at clothing lines and shit. And then just that, the one that really popped off was the, the Ian Connor one, just because we happened to have a nice. friend in common, you know. And like uh, he just hooked it up, and then I just kept getting more offers and it's still it's not like my full-time gig at all like the bmx shit's my full-time thing i've just been getting crazy swamped with no jumper because it's just having more and more opportunities but i love it i mean it's it's it just feels crazy to be able to have like an actual contribution in hip-hop because it was funny like always like being obsessed with bmx and rap but then working in bmx and being completely involved in the industry side of things but then in terms of rap, I've always just been a fan until like yeah. a year ago. And then, I guess, sort of similar for you, but like, then all of a sudden, people give a fuck about my opinion or acknowledge me in some way. Like, even to be able to be on It's the Real or be on your podcast or whatever is crazy as fuck to me because I didn't, I wasn't a participant in the actual culture so much as besides going to shows and listening to it for forever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. So, it's fun. Fucking Adam the scammer. <laughs> Scam it, dude. So Adam. <laughs> oh, we're gonna do this. Better Russian to put you on the scamming. Uh, it was a Czech kid. Yeah. So not not a Czech kid, but from the Czech Republic, from uh, back in New oh, Hampshire. Right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he uh, he hit me up because like basically we had like a friend in common that knew that we were both doing sketchy shit, and he uh, <laughs> he hit me up and he took me to the mall and and back where we're from, and like he was just showing me how how it worked of like you know loading up credit cards and taking them to the stores and buying all the shit so i was I was doing that for a while with him, and like at first because I remember the first time I did it, he put like three grand in my hand because he was giving me 40% of what we were buying, you know? Yeah. I never had $3,000 before. So what was you doing exactly? We were just like loading up the credit cards and going to like Staples and fucking all these different stores and buying laptops and flat screens and shit and just mm-hmm. loading up the fucking van with what them. What year was this? This was 2003, 2004. Mm-hmm. And so then I ended, I was doing it in New York for a while too. Like we would be driving all over Massachusetts and shit and just doing it everywhere and just fucking... You know, it was it was going good. Like I, I fucking broke ties with that dude originally because I had this other friend from uh, from New Hampshire who was doing it with me, and he was like smart enough that we kind of cut out the middleman for a while, and we were doing it. But then I don't know. I had a friend who got caught doing it, and around that time and everything, so I just sort of laid off after a while and ended up starting the BMX website soon after. But it was like a hundred percent like my transition. Like I had a couple of years of breaking the law that like transitioned me into running a legal business. So yeah. can't really complain, you know. 
Yeah, that's how it usually happens. That's what's <laughs> supposed to happen, right? Yeah. You start seeing motherfuckers go there, and you're like, you know what? Right, <laughs> let me go get a job. I had a friend who got caught <laughs> buying like a $1,000 snakeskin belt, and he got caught, and he almost got sent back to China because he's oh, from China. Wow. And that was that kind of fucked me up, realizing like shit. Yeah, because it was different doing it in the city, too, because like the city's so crazy. It's a, You know, it's like the... I've never seen as many cops in downtown Manhattan anywhere in my whole life besides yeah, right. like what is like there right now. And even back then it was still a lot of fucking, it's only a couple of years after 9-11. So it was like so many cops versus like one time I remember we got chased out of this mall in Long Island, like these fucking security guards and like there was still a lot of like woods to run into. And like, you know, we ended up like mm-hmm. chasing, like my dude got chased into a Barnes and Noble. He camped out there for like two hours pretending to read a book. And, uh, but that was like, there was, there's a lot more room to like, get away i can't even imagine what it must be like to scam now with all the cameras and shit so man. how much money was you making shit we, we were doing real good for a while like i definitely had enough to like chill and not have to do shit for a couple of years while i kind of got the bmx thing going and stuff but mm-hmm. i definitely had like probably like almost a hundred thousand dollars under my bed at some point when i was like 21 which mm-hmm. was kind of a weird experience because i couldn't <laughs> put it in the bank or anything yeah and then I started the BMX website, which is not nearly as profitable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes things slows up. I should have right? did a couple more years, yeah. But now with YouTube and shit, is is dope again. First of all, we'd like to thank Audible for supporting this week's episode of Tax Season. Now, we love to read a good book, but finding the time to sit down and really enjoy one is hard to fit in a busy schedule. Audible aims to make it easy for you to enjoy books by listening to them on your own time. Listening to them at the gym, during your commute, on your lunch break, anytime you want. Audible.com provides over 250,000 titles from the leading audio book publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine, and newspaper publishers, and business information providers also. The app is free. It works on all Apple devices, even Android and Windows phones. And unlike a streaming or rental service with Audible, you own your book, so you can access your book anytime, anywhere, right from your smartphone. Make sure you check out the Oprah's Book Club's newest pick, The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. In his sixth novel, Whitehead tells the harrowing story of Kara, an indomitable teenage slave in her desperate bid for freedom from an antebellum cotton plantation in Georgia, circa 1850, when Caesar, a recent arrival from Virginia, tells her about her underground railroad road, they decide to take a terrifying risk and escape. Matters do not go as planned. Cora kills a young white boy who tries to capture her. Though they manage to find a station and head north, they are being hunted by slave catchers. But here, the Underground Railroad is no mere metaphor. Literal engineers and conductors operate a secret network of tracks and cavernous tunnels crisscrossing beneath African soil. As Kara travels north, her journeys transport her across state lines. And along her way, each state he visits portrays a different state of American possibilities, showcasing a kaleidoscope of communities across the country. From a white supremacist enclave in North Carolina to an Indiana black separatist encampment. As readers complete their journey through the Underground Railroad, they can engage online at the Book Club Hub, Oprah.com slash Book Club. They will also have the opportunity to participate in the Book Club and answer weekly questions via Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Check the hashtag Oprah Book Club for more. Read more in Oprah's interview with Whitehead in September issue of O, the Oprah Magazine, on sale August 9th. Just for listeners of the Tax Stone Show, Audible.com is offering a free 30 
30-day trial membership. Go to audible.com slash tax today and start your free trial right now. Again, show your support for tax season and get a free trial right now at audible.com slash tax. So, so how did what was the tra- how did you get to California? Basically, like I just around like 2010, I've been living in Brooklyn for so long, and I just kind of I realized at a certain point, like where in Brooklyn were you living? I lived well. First, I moved to Astoria. I was there for a couple of years, yeah. and then I moved to like Bushwick, and I was I moved to Bushwick and like yo, Bushwick is really the new white person's move to man. Yeah, but I moved there in like 2005. So oh, it was, yeah, that, yeah, that's it was way still before, pretty buck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I, this is before gentrification in Bushwick. I remember like when people started to say like, oh, like Bushwick's like a corny ass like white person place or whatever, and I was like, damn, when I moved there, I didn't see any white people at all. Like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it changes that fast, and now they're talking about like Ridgewood is fucking all of a sudden the. the yeah. Yeah. Gentrified place. It is. Yeah. Ridgewood was nothing but old people when I was fucking living out there too. So pr- proud of the borough. <laughs> oh, so you've definitely been around New York. I love New York so much. Like uh, there's this dude I was showing you. There's a like so what you, what you don't know the greatest BMX rider of all time is from Brooklyn, Edwin De La Rosa, and his younger brother O'Neill is like chilling with Fame School and all these fools. So yeah. Edwin is like uh, he's I mean he's on the run right now, but he's about to he says he's gonna turn himself in at some point over the winter yeah. and do his time do a little bid and then come back out and then I'm trying to I I, I want to come to New York and bring him around you because you two would kick it off like you you are him like you two are so similar that it's crazy as fuck to me like both yeah. just two of the rawest Brooklyn dudes I ever met in my life but he's like the greatest BMXer all time and he I he was my favorite rider when I was 16 to the point that I had to move to New York just because. I looked up to him so much. I had to be part of that like scene. That's you know? crazy. Yeah, yeah. I seen a video of him last time when you were showing me. Yeah, something. yeah. Yeah, I seen that kid around though. I oh, know. you're talking about a uh, black man, Desmond Rhodes. Oh, black man. Yeah. He's around too. He's crazy as fuck. He's yeah, the black wildest man. motherfucker in, in Brooklyn. <laughs> Shout out to Brownsville. Yeah. Yeah. Motherfucking California. <laughs> you loving it out here, huh? Yeah, the weed. The weed is the weed is the weed. The weed has been affecting a lot of things that I have done in California since I've been. <laughs> Shout yeah. out to Kelly who keep arriving with the loudest packs. So Kelly's a pothead. I, I smoke. Interesting. I That's good to know, smoker. Kelly. I mean, I, I brought some weed with me if you'd like me to roll up because I heard you. I would like you to roll up. That'd be fine. Yeah. I uh, we did a podcast last night where we smoked like eight blunts and eight burgers on camera, and that shit was uh, it was eight it was blunts exciting. and eight burgers. I think it was nine burgers. <laughs> eight, eight, I think it was eight blunts. She's got swishers on there, so this, this is what we, it says a lot about her. Wait, I do smoke swishers or what? No, that's cool. I'm oh, not mad. Because I, I, there's that new wave of I nah. only smoke bathroom. What exactly does that, that say? I fucking that's for kids. That she's a swisher person. It makes me think she's from like Philly or something. No, but. Uh, oh, right. No, it's okay. Philly. You look like my ex from Philly. Like way too much. Do you hate her? Like, is that a bad? No, thing? I love her. She, okay, she's an amazing person. Okay, oh, shout out to your ex. Yeah. <laughs> People are gonna look up Kelly and they're gonna know exactly who I'm talking about too. So it's gonna be funny. Yeah. Maybe we should be friends. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, yeah. Nah, because she's gonna tell you all about me. <laughs> what would she say about you, Adam? What she gonna tell me? What would she? She would just say that I don't. I'm, I'm an asshole because I. She would say I don't have feelings for anybody besides myself, which is she might have a point. How accurate is she? Are you a selfish person, Adam? Hell yeah, that's why I figured I out a long time hate ago. Selfish people. Nah. Wait, what's your sign? Uh, Sagittarius, but I don't fuck with all that. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm a selfish person because I figured out a long time ago that like I have goals, I have places I want to go in life, and I realize that if I spend my time like caring about what other people are concerned about or whatever, that I can't. I'm never gonna get where I want to go because I'm in a hurry to get where I'm going too. Because Real shit. you know, oh, I f- no, that's not being selfish. I fuck with that. You yeah. should be that. That's not being selfish. But I'm saying that like even in the last year, like I was seeing a girl that I really had feelings for, and I couldn't really 
even bring myself to spend much time with her because I'm so obsessed with my business and where I think that I'm elevating myself to right now that it was hard for me to even like bring myself to bother to spend time with her when I'm in here doing this shit late at night, most nights. And that shit sounds like me. Yeah. Yeah. I heard you talk about similar shit. You know, related, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, it's real. Like when you just, especially at a point like where I did a couple years in prison and you know, you feel like you lost time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yo, yo, I really got goals. Like I'm my, my, um, my cousin is a year younger than me. Just bought her first house. You know what I mean? About, yep. to own, about to own a second, you know what I mean? So shit like that. I'm like, yo man, I got to catch the fuck up. Exactly. Like, you yep. know what I mean? I'd be so, looking at that because even like if you were to in my mind, it's like, yeah, being in jail for for however long, that would be like a catastrophic like waste of your time that you have on Earth. That's like one of the that's one reason right there to stay the fuck out of trouble. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like if I have to go kick it with some girl that I don't feel like fucking kicking it with because I feel like that's my responsibility, because when I could be working or I could be advancing my position, exactly. that's eight hours of fucking jail right there. That's that's I'm not willing to compromise my fucking time when I have a vision in my head of what I need to be where I need to be. at. You know, that's real shit. Yeah. That's real shit, man. We share the same vision, beloved. That's what I'm saying. I think a lot of men are like that. Like I think a lot. No, I think a lot of men aren't like that. I think a lot of men say that on the couch, but they're not really. You understand? Like I have women. What I'm saying is, I feel like maybe they maybe don't like verbalize it or even practice it. But Mm -hmm. I feel like a man can't really be great in a relationship until he's confident in his career and knows what he's doing. I agree. I don't think he. I don't. I don't think that's like independence. I think that's something that. Yeah, it's true. But But I think it's good because that should be your. But if you're seeing a girl who's very like you know she's got a nine to five, she don't give a fuck about what she's doing. She's like she's relatively happy in life, but she's not like passionate about what she's doing. How the fuck she gonna relate to me when I'm going? 24 hours a day because I feel that this is important and I don't give a fuck about if I don't get to sleep because I got shit I'm trying to do, you know? It's like, it's hard you for people to relate to, to that. Yeah. Same wave. Mm. It's true. That. I think I that's why I said you gotta, you gotta deal with, you gotta deal <laughs> are, with a woman are, is, is, that's just as busy as you. Right you think so? Yeah, because when they just as busy as you, it's, it's exciting when you see each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, you know, Fuck yeah. Yeah, distance. You, I, like, I, I like a, a drive and like having a grind is sexy to me. So I think that's equal, whether it's woman or male. I think that's something that is. No, it is some women that enjoy. They love it. They like, hey, he a workaholic. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? But then you got the women that's real, real clingy and they want affection and they their life consists so much of having a great relationship with a man right. that they forget about themselves. Yep. You know what I mean? I always tell chicks like, yo, get busy. Get get yourself going. Exactly. Because you can't be sitting here thinking about a relationship with me that's going to make it great. The, your relationship with yourself is going to make you great. And yep. my relationship with myself is going to make me great. And then we're going to be great together. You, you think, understand? Like, who you choose to date is an expression of like how you view yourself. Because I guarantee if you guys walked in here and I had some fucking ugly ass, fucking weird looking ass girl with me that you'd be thinking like, oh, like. Maybe he's not like as cool as I've maybe considered him before. Like you know, like same thing if you saw me and I had the most fucked up car ever. If my fucking mm-hmm. jeans fit weird or some shit, you'd be like, oh yeah, like he, you know, we got, he yeah. got some issues. Like that's why. I, also, I kind of like look at myself too. It's like what what is wrong with me that I would kind of rather spend time with like young ass chicks that just want to party and shit rather than like try to like chase after something serious. In my mind, it's because like oh I'm busy, but also you I, don't I, I waste think of that sometimes. You're yeah. also not alone on that. Everybody out here likes to chase around those little young fast chicks. I mean, I gotta <laughs> chase them. Shout just, out to the little young fast yeah. chicks. They swim right in the y'all. DMs. Yeah, we don't gotta chase and them either. They got so many of them hoes. I hate y'all young hoes. Fuck out of here. <laughs> I like them. I think they relate to me because I'm not like. They're on the same wave I am, but they're not trying to get 
Cuff. Yeah, I've always been business though. Like I've from from super young. I've all like I was hearing you talk. I bought my first house at twenty one. Like mm-hmm. I from oh, the gate. I've, I've been a real. I'm, I'm old now. You know what I mean. So mm-hmm. and I think even that you could tell just from recently being out here. I'll, I'll kick it all party with the best of them, but I'm fucking business. I'm mm-hmm. period. Money comes over everything. You're not going to distract that. That's why I respect your little whole little movement you were saying. But she's a real one. Yeah, I'm. Mm-hmm. I was. I've always been money over. Penis is not that important to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's that's that's, that's what's to popping me. to me. I'm like, yo, I be telling some shit. I be like, listen, bitch, let's make some money. <laughs> I <hate> listen, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Your delivery is so shit. That's so good. <laughs> listen, bitch, let's make some money. <laughs> listen, bitch, let's think about sex later. That, you understand that's what I'm my saying? Thing. Like, like, let's do some some and fly then shit. Get money, that and shit then we so might sexy, really like the like, sex. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. The sex could be whack and we might enjoy it kind of, if you thought like that. But not every chick think like that. They just really just want a relationship. They just want to mm. be in love. Can I tell you uh, on a more lighthearted thing that something that happened to me recently is that um, this, share, this, brother, this, share, girl, this girl swam in my DM. She was hollering at me. But I was blackout drunk like while she was hollering at me at this party. And so I ended up Ubering her. It was like a $50 Uber yes. to send her to my house. Yes. Then I Uber back to my house. And I don't remember any of this. <laughs> but in the morning, I wake up and I'm just like, damn, like, how was it? What was that like? She's like, you're fucking weird. Like, she's she's like, she's like, you fucked me like four times. Like, I don't know how you had that much energy. And then she goes, and you kept trying to eat my ass after. She's like, she's like, she's like, I understand like eating ass, but you had already fucked me four times. I'm like, yo, that my blackout self is a fucking savage, bro. Like, oh, I was shout proud of my a, blackout self. Shout out to all the habitual ass eaters out there. White boys love eating ass. I noticed this that. one like, does. Yeah. I, yeah, Endurance that, too. That's, that's, that's the ultimate like sign of affection of like yo I worship you you're so beautiful that I can't even help I like but bring ass to so do it's this. like yeah. I feel like I want the ass cheek to like cover my ears <laughs> is that what it, I really was trying is it just that the ass your is literally mouse. just in your yeah. face so it's like the whole visual the yeah, whole thing yeah I think so it's a you lot realize that- you're eating ass. It's romantic. You know I mean? like, you're not actually eating anything. What if you fuck around and have a bitch that doesn't wipe well? She been has, there. Uh, oh, oh, my man. God. I've never what been the there. fuck are you talking about? You've been there. I'm, I'm what, been there. What, how does that go? I'm trying to scare Kelly off. How did, the, how did wait, this go down? Wait, how does that go? Because I would fucking no, fight No, how you. did oh this God. go down? Right. Was it more than one? I no, fucking it was just... I was basically like out with these two girls that I sort of knew and my friend and like we ended up all getting drunk as shit at this bar and I ended up saying like somehow Asian came up and the one that I was chilling with was like, oh, I've never done that. No. And I was like, you're doing it later. And she was like, all right, I don't give a fuck. I just took a shit. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck either. <laughs> and also, I just want to say this girl's like in Playboy and shit. What? So it's not like she's some random ass whatever, but she seemed pretty hot to me at the time until this. Like she had a shitty ass. This but is the most horrifying story. We went to the roof of the apartment building that I was staying at and like. Like my friend's making out with his girl on this like sofa thing and I'm making out with mine and I'm fucking turned up so I just fucking pulled her pants down and bent her over and started eating her ass right in front of my homeboy oh. and yeah I got some some kind of remnant on my tongue okay. holy shit now that's holy shit <laughs> <laughs> somehow I thought this was a story I was going to keep low key but I thought it was so funny I just had to start telling my friends and now everybody knows about it yo damn so, man what do you do at that moment it was like I took like my tongue and kind of like slid it on the side of the ass cheek to like oh, remove. Oh my god! And then oh I just, god, you know, I don't I even know if you so my is this where on some shit comes from? Nah, that's been around for a lot longer than that. <laughs> but then I think I, I cleansed my mouth on her vagina and then just went right back to work. You know, and you just kept going. I think I just fucked her right there in front of my homeboy too. Yeah, it was fucked up, huh? I nah, this motherfucker is a G, after we man. The well, you wanted a bang, bro? <laughs> no, but I've always been like super. Like I don't know what it was sexually. Like the the dudes I rode BMX with when I was younger. They were the craziest 
they would just be fucking chicks in the woods and just fucking all. I just learned from like motherfuckers who were crazy. The I see, I see my homie fuck a girl in the bushes at Union Square when I was like nineteen. I feel like I got real desensitized Union to like Square? Union Square. It don't really best. seem impossible, right? Like there's there's cops all around there. There's tons of people. The best. I love Union. Man, shout out to my niggas in Union Square. Shout out Big James. Yeah, we used to be chilling there all the time for years. <laughs> I met so many girls at Union Square. I never fucked one there, but I mean, I met a million girls there. That's nuts. So, who's been like your favorite person you've interviewed so far? I mean, I was pretty blown away when I interviewed Yes Jules. I was very impressed by her. I know you love her too, but mm-hmm. I just thought she was so smart and like just positive and just cool. And I was just, I was, I thought she was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked Andy Milanakis because you know I always watched him on TV and Andy. stuff, but never yeah. knew him that deep. But then we did the interview, and he's like. I was expecting him to be sort of like a weirder, like more messed up person because he's like famous and also, you know, he's like a fat dude or whatever and he got glasses, all the shit. He got obviously has this like issue where he still looks super young even though he's older. But he was just, he didn't have any of that. He was so low key and just like positive and just didn't seem like the kind of guy who was like pissed off about anything. He was just happy as fuck and I just liked his, his whole vibe a lot. I liked the It's a Real Guys, you know, they were fucking dope. Um, I don't know. I've had so many that I loved, yeah. Or even, I did an interview with these rappers, the Suicide Boys, Mm -hmm. and we talked a lot about, like, them, like, how they used to be addicted to fucking heroin and shit and getting off that, and I had so many kids hit me up, like, really fucking just thankful that we talked about that subject and everything, which I I can't relate to it, but, I mean, I I just feel like any podcast that, like, helps people out a lot is always awesome. I keep telling people about these fucking opiates. Heroin is running running and ruining the United States right now. Like, it's crazy. It's, it's like, on another level. Everything is heroin from, you know, the the lean, the Zans. All that shit is short form heroin. It's opiate. And they're going to find out, man. I smoke weed. I I stay in my... And I don't even fuck with that oil. I ain't even... That's like crack. You don't dab either. Okay. I don't fuck with... I'm a flower. Like, I just smoke tree. You know what I mean? I'm not into all that extra shit. It's not for me. Me too, but I'll do drugs once in a while. Like, what, what is drugs, drugs though? Because like? I say that, too, How much do you sniff cocaine? No, see, once in a blue. You know, I, I, like, that's what's weird is that you can't just be like, oh, like, yeah, I'll do coke once in a while. People are like, oh, you're a cokehead. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't, I don't. Yeah, that's one of those drugs you do it, you do it. I don't you know buy I mean? coke. I don't buy Once in a while, somebody will like, yeah, you want a line? Yeah, all right, I'll do a line. I don't give a fuck. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, that's fine by me. It's not really, like, as big a deal as people might think it is. But now, yeah. I've noticed recently that. Cocaine's just as commonplace as weed is. Like uh, in yeah. LA, I, it's super normal, so, like, right? If yeah. I bring out a, if I go out to smoke, like smoke a blunt, somebody's just as comfortable breaking down their line next to me, and that trips me the fuck out. You could do like, it. I don't lie. The first couple times it happened to me, I was like, "What the fuck is yeah, going no, on?" No, you'll be in a club, and a girl will put that shit right mm-hmm. on her thing and take a bump, and in that LA, shit is crazy. Some random dude will offer me. it to you that you never even seen before. Yeah. That's scary. Don't do that. And, yeah, I don't do it all, but people will take it. That's what's weird about it. I'll probably take it. Yeah, that's what it's just. Take it. I'll probably take it. It's just like if somebody was past you blunt, you take it. That's how common cocaine is right now. Right. It's crazy. You know how Molly got past no coke to me. I got a couple friends that sniff coke. You got a lighter? I know. They actually function that. better sometimes. I'm like, I be wanting my man to get his coke. I'm like, give this nigga some hey, coke. So he... my, I got a girl that's just like that. You, she's she's not doing well. I'm like, do a bump, take it out, or I'll do something. Get yeah. your life together. Man, I went to go kick it with this like 23 year old girl, and she was with like a her 35 year old uh, friend. 
and they were fucking at the bar doing Zans and Adderall and drinking all at the same time at the bar. And like they both had their little prescription bottles out, just dumping them back and forth into each other's hands and I'm stuff. I'm like, man, this is not Wait, how dudes so I hang you, out would move. Why would you do Zan and Adderall at the same time? Because it's like doing like coke and heroin at the same time. It's like a speedball, speed so it, it's way I didn't crazier. Know people did that. See, yeah. I mean, I, I motherfuckers are like they hot racing. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't with that. That was too scary. Up and down at the same so the damn time. What's the high with that? That's gonna it's be just both time. highs at once, but it's harder to maintain. So it's like you kind of have to keep doing them. You could die, and it's scary. Yeah, you're hot. It confuses your heart. Yeah, and your you're drinking at the same time. That's yeah, it's bad. But, yeah, no, but this chick is 35 and she got a normal ass job and shit. And she's in the bar doing it. And I'm just laughing at her like, man, like from my perspective, I as a dude who hangs out with young ass rap kids and shit, this seems kind of crazy to me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but again, I'm also 32. So, I've, you know, <laughs> I got a different perspective. If I was doing drugs when Same, I was 21, I probably wouldn't be smart enough to. When did you start doing drugs? You know, I was a straight-edge kid until I was, like, 21. Because, like, growing up in the Boston area and stuff, it was, like, I was into hardcore bands and stuff like that. So, it was a lot of people were, were straight-edge. And then when I was, like, 21, I was just saw how fucking whack that whole scene was and shit. And I just kind of got over it. And then I, I never really got really into, like, smoking weed. I, I smoked weed ever since I was, like, 21. But I didn't really start smoking weed all the time until I moved out here, like, five, six years ago. That's so weird to me. I, I hear that story often about how people don't start doing drugs till way older. And I never know which way is, like, the way. Because I did all mm. my drugs in high school. Oh, okay. Like, People I don't say that, yeah. All of my fucking drugs in high school. I did way too much drugs. Right. Cocaine, ecstasy at the time because Molly wasn't around. Like, you ever I, try I did, meth? Huh? You ever try meth? Nah, that it's, wasn't for You should. It's, it's, it's an experience. <laughs> yeah, but so, like. You like it? You uh, like the meth? I did not like it. That's the one thing I would never do again. Meth? But yeah. so, like, is it. Not I, meth, but just uh, speed, like the little fucking rock. Like, this girl. Uh, I don't know. I guess the speed this girl gave it to me one time and it was way too much. Yeah, my thing is, like, what I is never wanted like? to be, like, 25 years old and just start doing drugs and have your whole life go to fucking shit. But and see, then that, it's like, like what from, the fuck? I would rather do it when I was a child, like, when it was mm-hmm. age-appropriate. But the fact that me. I never even tried coke until I was, like, 25 or 26 is, like, then by the time I did it, it was, like, I'm not a little kid. So yeah, it's, like, I understood that, like, oh, you Drugs are never really age-appropriate. Oh, I totally agree. But I was at a certain... Behavior-appropriate. But I never felt, like, scared of being addicted. Like, I never felt like I was addicted to anything. So it's, like, I think that's because I didn't try that shit when I was 16. So I had like a better, Absolutely. you know, focus. I don't know. I ain't mad at you, man. Shout out to all the drug addicts out there. We ain't mad at you. I'm not Just mad. get better. Yeah, you know what I mean? Try harder. <laughs> he's, like, you should, he's like, you should try better. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Matt scares the shit out of me. I'm not. I'm what? proud of you, man. But I know mad girls out here that do this shit all the time. Every Matt, time you see somebody do some sucker shit too. out there, man, just tell them you're proud of them. Right. You know what I mean? You're not surprised. You're just proud of him. You're proud of him being exactly who you thought he was going to be. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Oh, man. There's this dude geeking at the bar the other day, fucking talking shit to this girl, and he like, he mushed her in her face a little bit. My homeboy knocked him out, and he was all off meth. That's why he was doing being all crazy to this that girl. That meth, man. That meth is some shit, When man. I hear meth, I think of, like, you ain't got no teeth, and you picked holes in your skin. You feel me? Like I was in later. a drug program, and this kid definitely didn't have no teeth. Like. <laughs> yeah, that's what, when I hear meth, I feel like that's the only people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. to hear, like, cute little girls do that shit nah, is crazy to me. I know super fucking hot girls that have six-packs and shit who do speed because they fucking, you know, it just helps them stay up all fucking day, and they, they keep them skinny and all Make this shit. What is this? OG? Yeah. This is great. Kelly's a weed entrepreneur. She's like Burner in female form. <laughs> Loki. Shout out to Burner. I love Burner. I thought I asked you shit. I don't think not nothing fell off that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. It's good that you're audio only because 
when you have the camera on you and you're smoking weed, people critique everything. You didn't inhale deep enough. Yeah, you, you wasn't really smoking oh, yeah, that I weed. I just coughed and I probably made the other. Yeah, you coughed. Yeah, you know they, they, they love to call people out for that shit. <laughs> Get out my It makes coffee. me mad, insecure about my weed smoking abilities because I'm coughing. You know, I'm out here. Yeah. Yeah. I just coughed that. Yeah, motherfucker, damn sure said that to me one day too. He was like, "You smoke like a bitch. Yeah. You didn't even inhale that weed all the way." I was like, "Damn, my nigga." He had me looking back at the video because like, they're superhumans. They're 19 and all they ever did the whole life was dabs. So they fucking have these superhuman vet lungs and I'm like bro I grew up smoking fucking zigzags full of Reggie I don't know nothing about what you're talking about <laughs> that was a fat, I like a dab high. fat ass Reggie blunts in the backwood hell yeah buying Ooh. a Dutch for fucking 75 cents and shit shout out to Bob Pramela <laughs> <laughs> oh man shout out to Drowsy from London Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we are with Adam right now from No Jump in here. What else we got to talk Smoking about? Smoking OG Kush. Important topics. What Kelly in the about? building. <laughs> Let's speak about L.A., man. How you feel about the L.A. rap scene? L.A. is crazy. I mean, it's like a big divide because you have such like a underground sort of like internet friendly type level of hip hop. Mm-hmm. And then you also have the dudes who are more like traditional gangbang and culture Dudes like YG and Problem, when you were just interviewing and stuff, and they come from this whole legacy of, of dudes who usually rap over beats that sound like West Coast beats to a certain extent. But then you have dudes like uh, Bones and Xavier Wolf and the Seshala Water Boys and Puya and the Buffet Boys and all them who are like huge out here. Like they sell out 2,000 plus person venues and shit, but they're not really in the, on the, the wavelength of the mainstream like hip hop media. But that's kind of actually how we came up in the first place was interviewing a lot of those people and like bringing in that crowd because people weren't really doing content about them but i don't know it's definitely la is, is crazy as fuck for me because i don't ever have to leave to do the podcast because everybody comes here i mean it's, new york's the same thing but mm-hmm. that's dope i mean i love the la scene right now especially just because just feeling like i'm actually so who do you feel at a, who you feel at the top three rappers on the west coast right now on the west coast holy shit i don't really like ever think about shit regionally until you said west coast i was just gonna say 21 and kodak because <laughs> i listen to 21 <laughs> savage like crazy right yeah, now shout out to 21 savage and i love kodak more than life itself yeah man <laughs> kodak, kodak man kodak that was were you offended that you had to go up to the label and you couldn't do that in your studio no nah, not really okay. i've done it before with oh, other okay. um with other artists or whatever and then the thing is sometimes they they schedules be so tight mm-hmm. it's best that you do it there because he might show up two hours right. and 35 minutes late and that's what's crazy for you because you're actually like renting the studio space so you you're fucked if they show up two hours late yeah and i um i be trying to express that sometimes to people that like do things and like they people have done it and like you know canceled last very last mm-hmm. minute and then they hit me back up and they like yo um, yeah, we trying to come through tomorrow, and I'm like, there's no tomorrow. You just nigga. wasted a couple hundred dollars of my time. Yeah. Tomorrow's over. Yep. There's no tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow was yesterday. Yeah. pulled <laughs> that shit on me last week. Had me and my crew waiting for four hours, and right. still didn't even show up. And I had to pay everybody. We had a, we lost the studio. It's just mm. annoying. That's why I'm lucky because I can just sit back here. It's annoying if somebody's two hours late, but it don't really matter that much, you know. Yeah. But I noticed one thing that's, that we were talking about the other day is how, um, and I'm here, it sounds like I'm interviewing you, but uh, is the the fact that when you interview young ass dudes, it could just, it, it's like even if they're hot and they're just coming out, they're popping. It's like a lot of times interviewing young ass dudes sucks in comparison to interviewing oh, somebody older. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. It's, it's bad. It's not just because of the intellect most of the time. It's because they haven't even really lived long enough mm-hmm. to speak about anything of mm-hmm. any substance or yeah. to. Can't they're too young to even speak on a vast amount of subjects right. because they only know about a couple. They only focused 
on a couple, you know what I mean? And that's probably girls and yep. whatever it might be. They weed and whatever, but dressing. Right. But you're interviewing Nori, and Nori's got 20, 30 years of stories exactly. about wild-ass shit that he did. And you know about a lot of it because exactly. you've been watching him. So that's like, it's easy to do an interview that's like that. That's why it becomes a great podcast. Exactly, because like, you got so much like, to talk about. You did the best podcast with Nori. I'd be like, yo, that was Nori's podcast. Like, right. Nori did that. Like, he came on and spoke. Like, if if, it's, if you don't have a person that's willing to speak and willing to share, right. it becomes like a bad interview. You know what I mean? That's why I really don't like when, like, people managers be trying to, like, be in the room and that's be that's hovering. So like, I tell them, like, listen, if it's something you want me to take it out, I have to do so. But when you sitting there looking at your artist and your artist looking back and forth, to you like yeah. you you fucking up the vibe in the room and shit like that you know what i mean you know what i noticed that's is, not even an interview you giving a press release yeah, at that that's point right. you fucking giving your points what you want to market to make it that ain't an interview and that's another one of my issues that i have when i'm like i told you like doing artists is because they'll come to new york on a media run right. to promote an album and stuff and i'll be telling them it's probably best that you do it before your media run mm-hmm. because media runs is you on the radio for what 15 minutes talking right. about yep. yo my album come out this day right i'm gonna perform here i'm gonna do that you're not doing that on a podcast. I want you to talk about getting some pussy when you were 17 behind the school. <laughs> you know, exactly. I want to hear some random ass stories and shit. Yeah. Exactly. Like we want to know about you. We want to get to know who you are as a person. Like so, it's 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 harder when they coming through just to be like, yeah, you know, the album comes out yeah. August 17th, and it's like, all right, man. Like when you, when you're 17 or 18, you think about yourself and you view everything through that lens of yourself. When you're 30, it's like you see the things going on around you, you understand the culture more. Whereas when you're that young, it's like, it's hard for you to even speak about anything outside yourself. Mm -hmm. And some of these kids is really on too many drugs, man. They on too many drugs to even have a conversation to like yeah. to even converse with you. They're sitting there like and they be on that Xan and it makes them it hurts yeah. and it makes them super slow to react. Yeah, them opiates, man. The opiates. I definitely had to tell a lot of people like, yo, don't be popping none before you come on in. Yeah, yeah. Get too high, they be dumb as a motherfucker. Even too high off weed is still like yeah, that'll get you too. Because yeah. sometimes when I've done shows and I smoked too much weed before, I could tell the difference and mm. how I was interacting and things yeah. like that and how my brain was moving. So you know, it definitely takes an effect on your brain. Don't forget today's episode of Tax Season is brought to you by Bevel, my signature fade with the Bevel blade. Bevel is the first and only shaving system created for people with coarse, curly, hand-sensitive skin. Bevel is dermatologist-approved and proven to reduce and prevent razor bumps, discoloration, and irritation. There's a reason that 9 out of 10 customers come back month after month to Bevel. Up to 80% of black men and women experience razor bumps and up to 30% of all men and women experience razor bumps. Invest in a razor and a shaving system that does more than just keep your hair groomed. Invest in something that'll take care of you. Pick your bevel up today by going to getbevel.com. Enter code tax at checkout to save 20% on your first month's order of bevel. That's G-E-T-B-E-V-E-L.com. Promo code tax. Start shaving smarter today with bevel. Be safe, though. When I'm doing a podcast like this, where it's like kind of just a chill conversation, don't really bother me to be high, you know. But like, if I'm gonna be interviewing some kid and I gotta like really be focused and I want to, and like a lot of times if they're not that great a conversationalist, I want to like not be stoned at all because I want to just be able to really do a good job. Yeah, when you have to carry the weight, you gotta. Yeah, like this is whatever. I could do this for ten hours straight, realistically, and it would probably be pretty funny the whole time. (laughs) But like, you know, doing it with somebody who's not as good on camera. Yeah, yeah. I want to be more aware of what's going on and everything. Yeah. What what are your favorite podcasts out there? 
There's one called The Great Debates that I love. It's like it's some of the writers from uh, Workaholics and the Mindy Show and shit. They're like, and they write for American Dad and all this shit. This dude's uh, and they they do a podcast out here where basically it's like a debate class, like you know, in high school where. They take a topic and then they debate it and like one person is representing one side and one person represents the other side and it's like it doesn't really matter your opinion. So like one of the first ones I heard them do was the beach is fun. And it would basically be like you gotta make the argument that the beach is fun and I gotta make the argument that the beach isn't fun. Mm-hmm. And it's like they do just weird ass topics that That's like tight. are, are super like they, they just did uh, boxing should be illegal. And it's like it doesn't matter if if you what you think about if this. You have to sell your point, right? Because I'm sure class. even right now you can think in your head like what the arguments would be, like oh yeah. head injuries versus Absolutely. like it's a sport, yeah. it's natural. So it's like super fun to just hear them like try to come up with these arguments. And I had them on my podcast, and we 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 did two rap related podcast uh, debates. We did uh, Tupac might still be alive, and we did. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love this concept. And we did uh, raps best days are behind it. And they had to argue that. And it was funny to hear, like, two 35-year-old white guys that don't listen to rap argue about <laughs> the idea of whether rap's best days might be behind it. And it was funny because they sounded like the way a lot of basic-ass kids sound on Twitter when they're like, oh, this shit, fuck little Uzi, this shit sucks now. Fuck yeah. We need Wu-Tang back. Rizzo uh-huh. needs to put out a new album. Yeah, That's the only thing that they can relate to. That's yeah. what it really is. It's all about relatability. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't relate a lot with, with, with what the kids are doing now, but I understand that that's what they're doing now. Right. So that's that's why I'll be able to tell you when a record is good or like, yo, this shit is good right here. It's going to move them or, you know what I mean? You got to know where it's going to go. What, right. What's the purpose of it? Oh, yeah. So, but, you know, we on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I mean, like, I, I, I feel like I'm such like an internet kid that I was like just... Like Lil Yachty makes sense to me, even though it's like kind of yeah. He juvenile. makes sense to me too. Like yeah. I don't like, I can't really listen to it. I, I tried to, to I really tried. P and B rap um, was like, yo, you don't listen to Lil Boat? I'm like, who the fuck is Lil Boat? Yeah. <laughs> like, Lil Yachty, I fuck with his shit. Yeah. So I like, I try to listen to it. I'm like, I can't get into this shit, but I do understand. Right. I do understand it. To me, Yachty, I like his music. Like I, I don't know something because I was real into Lil B, like when he first came out I and shit love too. B. Yeah, oh, of course you're from, you're from the Great Bay. You got to like that would be kind of a dream podcast just to get the bass god on here. Hell I, yeah. I, bass I, god. I gotta grab the door because I think TK's here. All right, TK just walked up in the room. What's up, TK? Where you know me from, TK? Huh? Where you know me from? Pressing the women. <laughs> Coming in problematic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, she used to I strip. Would, get the like fuck out of here! Never ever. All right. Um, <laughs> I, I'm in production, so I'm in the music world, but behind the camera type of shit. So I do. I have a couple shows. I do interview shows. I used to cast a lot of girls for people. Uh, uh, that's probably why I know you. From. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, that's, mm. I wasn't gonna bring. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's why I know you. From. Don't try to hear. Yeah, shake the tree. Something gonna come out. <laughs> <laughs> Cast the girls. Cast the wow. girls. Mm-hmm. I used to bring bitches sometimes. Right. The Taz yeah. Angels. No. No. <laughs> no. Okay. They don't work under me. <laughs> them. They working though, shit. Shout out to the Taz <laughs> Angels and all the great things the they do for the Angels. culture. Hey, so th- here's a question for you, though, is how much, uh, how much girls do you have swimming up in your DMs and everything because of the podcast? Because you said that they were trying to fuck for the co-host slot. 
Yeah, that is absolutely not why Kelly's here. For the record, no, I don't, I don't, I don't bring, I don't bring women. I'm not putting no women on that's trying to fuck me to, to co-host. You know what I mean? Like, so you don't give in? Okay. Yeah. So I'm not doing it. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It's like you cannot propose pussy. For pussy is not a prize to me. Okay. That's something that's essential. It's like water. You go and get it through the day. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So trying to bribe a nigga with pussy is like kind of weak. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it's like, all right, what else you could do? That's a real recipe for not having any respect from that dude ever. In your whole life, if you're trying to make that kind of yeah, play. I ain't with all that. Like I you mean, can't propose no. Like, just a co-host. Time. You'd be like, surprised. Like it's women. You Look, right. you don't see. You never seen a woman like with her ass out on Instagram. Yes, I see. Yeah, she was trying to get attention. That's the same thing that she get from a podcast. Exactly. You understand? It's an attention, it's attention. economy. It's all about attention. So it's like, yo, where could I get the most attention from? Like, I'll put a woman on that, that does something that, that that's trying to do something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not doing like you can't propose no pussy to me for me to do that. Like that's actually the way I'm not gonna do it. I'm be right. like. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, come on. Like, what else can you bring to the table? Like, bring something to the table. Tell me that you got a diamond ring for me or something. You know what I mean? Like, tell me that you want to buy me a car or something. I'd be like, damn, that's great, man. All right. Buy like, you a car. Okay. You know what I mean? Some fly shit. Oh my God, no pussy. Me pussy be lasting like four minutes sometimes with me. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes it be four minutes. <laughs> like, four minutes? I'm going to forget four minutes in four minutes. You know what I mean? So let's just be respectful. Like, you know? That's beautiful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but, but it's weird, too, how sometimes you meet girls who they feel like they know you so well because of the podcast. Like they've, mm-hmm. they've listened to you enough that they feel like they actually already know you and they just will say things that make you feel like you know them because they know know these things about you and it's weird yeah but that's what twitter is also yeah exactly like, people feel like they know you like i always told people like off of twitter you'll meet a girl sometimes the first night and you'll have sex with her and it's not because she decided to fuck you on the first night she felt like she already knew you for 300 nights right you do know what i'm saying exactly that's a good point huh? you, it happens you like do you establish you, and create relationships just yeah. through because it's like a mental thing anyway. Like, it's more of a mental thing. So once you, you beat down the, the wall of the mental, it's like, all right, I'm already you cool with this person. You facts about them, but you know their voice, their personality. You, they, you get, you get yeah. them. You know That's why mean? if a girl curves me, I got to mute her. If she curves me, like, for real, for real, and I really <laughs> wanted it, then I got to mute her because I can't be reminded every day about something I <laughs> fucked up on, you know? Oh, I had man. to do that to this girl because I was oh. just like, yo, I can't, like, you can't do this to me. Like, I can't. I can't just oh, keep being can. reminded about this girl that I liked or wanted to have sex with and that it didn't work with. Yeah. I don't even be brutal. caring. Like, I just, you know. I care. I care too much. <laughs> okay. Because you know, you're not going to hit every shot. But I feel like yeah, I could get so much her. pussy so easily, but ne- but it's like if it's a girl that I actually dig and then she curves me, then I'm just kind of feeling like, God damn, what the fuck? Men you know what I've learned? Like they're entitled to the I've learned not like, to no, dig not a girl. Entitled. I'll, I'll take an L, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned not to dig a girl. Not to dig her. I've learned to like her just as much as she likes me. Okay. Facts. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it works out better like that. Okay. Nobody's disappointed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody's mad if it ends. Like, it's just a, it was just a mutual respect of what it was. You know what I mean? A mutual reciprocation of actions. You know what I mean? But, but how about this? Is when you meet a girl that you actually like and you put on a different game face and you are showing her a different side of you because you feel like you got to be real respectful and nice and everything, mm-hmm. and then it just doesn't, she's not into it. She don't it fucks it up because she probably wanted the real version of you that you would give any girl that you're just trying to fuck. Exactly. And even if you actually like her, you should act like 
treat it like whatever, like you don't care that much, and then show her you like her after you fuck her, and, and if you keep, you know, no, that, that, that's, that's how I feel. I know, about exa- it. I know exactly. They what want you the saying. real you, you know. If you give them this fucking fake ass version, they're probably gonna be kind of turned off. Yeah, I've been that dude where I've like, because I'm aggressive, so yeah, exactly. I've been that dude where, um, I've been Same. that dude where I've, um, where I've like toned it mad down and like right. the girl in dig it mm-hmm. you know what i mean and then i was i just had to learn to just be myself like yo just be yourself because see any girl that like you is just gonna like you that's it she's gonna like you or she's not, not you know what i mean it's not it's no not it. i remember I mean? when i was like 22 or some shit there was this girl that i met that i really really liked and i slept over her house like kind of early on and didn't try to fuck her and then she never hung out with me again after that. And I was just realized I'm like, yo, that was a horrible move on my part because yeah. she probably could tell that I was like just faking the funk super hard right there because obviously if you sleep in a girl's bed and you don't try to fuck her, you got something fucking wrong with you, you know? Yeah. So like she probably felt some kind of way about that. I should have just played it, played it the way I would have done anyway. And then kept she being nice, be sweet to her after. That is exactly right. Yeah. No she girl really turns down an ass eating. I got refused on it recently. Yeah, yeah. probably don't wash want, your ass. I don't want no one eating my. Oh, ass. you don't like it? You don't. You don't like ass eatage? It's. You know, it's just a little questionable to me. I don't know. I just <laughs> what is what's the question? Sensitive, Kelly. Yeah, we are feminine. What's the question? I don't know. I just sometimes get weirded out. Women like to play with booty hole. It like trips me out in L.A. A lot of men be sleeping with men, and it's like you got to be careful with any of any of that such shit. You know uh, what I mean? Like I'm not rolling. With the butt region. Yeah, well, we, we ain't doing that over here. So that, and you know that, that's obvious <laughs> to me. You feel me? But like anytime somebody's a little too, any man is a little too interested in the booty hole, makes me real fucking suspicious. I kind of well, agree I with like what you said. I like eating ass, but I don't really, I'm not but a... I, um, I don't question I don't really want you in mind. And I always yeah. tell women, like, I've had, I've put it in a woman's ass before. It's not a thing that I, like, run to. Like, I want to put it in her ass. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing that's different. If, it's if, not like... You like getting fucked I in the ass more than you like having ass? ass? God, no. Oh, you're not no, into that? Okay. No, 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 Kelly's no. approved. All right, cool, yeah. No, I just... No, I'm not either. It's just You don't like the thumb of courteous? The courteous thumb. <laughs> it's not so much what I honor. like. It's my it's me questioning what the man likes. It's uh, not so much my preferences or yeah, my of, You know what you always got to understand? Because I, I, I remember a girl said this before. She was like, you, you know gay if you fuck here? a woman in the ass. And I was no, like, because you'll fuck that. a man in the ass. This is what a girl told me. And I was like, how do you figure? Like, that is two different things. There's no balls hanging there. There's yeah. no dick. Hanging there, you understand? You're only gay how? if you fuck a man. Yeah, but that's how you're gay. That's like, what I was gonna say. You're that's gay. exactly how you gay. Yeah, if you're <laughs> attracted to men. But you don't understand that shit with men sleeping with men out here is hella real. Feel me? Like that's no, not real. Like, I, I don't know much about that though. That's, that's interesting. That's your so, theory. Out I'm not, I like the tranny picture the other day on nah, um, on so Instagram. <laughs> and, no, I, I did it on purpose. I thought it was a woman with a fat ass. Oh, like okay, I didn't yeah. know it was a tranny. Right. So my man Vox sitting there, he like, yo, tax. Somebody just hit me. Said you just like. Like the trainee's picture. Right. I'm like, well, which one? Because I just liked seven chicks' pictures off the Explore page. <laughs> so I'm like, find out. So he liked this one. So then I went. It was like Waka Flocka's girl <laughs> wife posted something. I went to her page and looked. And I was looking at girls she was in pictures with. Well, people that I thought were girls. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? And then I ended up liking the girl picture. And somebody hit my man Vok like, yo, tax just like the trainee's picture on Instagram. That's funny that there's that many people watching who you're liking on Instagram, man. 
I did it before though. Like right. the, with the, the, I call this the um the OG transvestite. Oh, I just found out the tranny is a slur too. So I'm gonna stop saying that. Yeah, transvestite. Like that, yeah. All right. So transvestite. I just it was a um I call this the OG transvestite. Okay. I forgot the dude's name. Um, he, he he's like the big transvestite on on Instagram. Oh, is like, it uh like the OG uh, transvestite? It's not I know Jeffrey his Star? name. I'm not. Jeffrey Star, the white guy. He does guy? makeup. Nah. Yeah, yeah. I like it's a, it's a it's a black dude. So do I. But oh, is the it dude, T.S. Madison. Nah, no. Okay. I forgot the nigga name. But that nigga, I liked his picture. This was like two years ago, like six in the morning, doing the same thing, looking through the explore page, <laughs> liking pictures. And I liked this motherfucking nigga pictures. And motherfucker screenshotted it. They waited till like eleven a.m. Like in, <laughs> in the um, in the, yeah, the out. afternoon. It was like taxes up six in the morning, like a transvestite <laughs> pictures. And I'm like, what the fuck? How was I supposed to know that was a transvestite? Oh man, I was so like, funny. I said, no, nigga, you guilty. How how did you know that was a transvestite? Because <laughs> I'm like, it clearly don't look like it. Yeah, Word, so but the, the, the fear is across the board. Yeah, I heard them so. niggas is deep out here. I mean, yeah. I don't need to eat ass to live out here. But basically, yeah. the crazy thing that happened to me is that this girl came over, and she was pretty young or whatever, but she came over to my house with a bunch of Coke and Zans and shit. And then we're hooking up. She's giving me head. I go down on her. I try to lick her asshole. She's like, no, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, oh, number no. one, you know me from the podcast, so you know that I was going to try to do that. <laughs> <laughs> And number two, it's like, so you'll come over and you'll suck dick three hours after I meet you and you come over with mad drugs, but somehow getting your ass licked is the fucking line. I was, yeah. like, I was just like, all right, like, fine, but I just want you to realize that this is funny to me. Like, no, I let the shit roll. I'm not saying that at all, but if somebody is super persistent on it and that's the one thing oh, that oh, they oh, go yeah, to, yeah. I'm like, can can we get there? I'm still kind of old school yeah, because I feel weird if like, I find out. Like, don't dive into it. If you know I find I mean? out one of my friends <laughs> loves having his ass eaten, I feel kind of weird about it. I'm like, you kind of on some. I'm, I, I consider myself super open minded, but the same thing when you hear about a dude getting fucked with a strap on and shit. I, nah, it, that's it, some I just level. don't want to even Listen, think about it. Listen, once you start inserting shit in your ass and shit, like, once you start looking for that. So is know. that considered gay, right? So is that gay or that's not gay? I don't think it's gay. I don't know what's gay. I know it ain't for me. I know that. It just feels weird to me to know that one of my friends is into that, but. I mean, I'm I'm open minded about He's it. He's in the strap ones. <clears throat> it's not somebody I know super well. It's somebody I knew like maybe five or six years ago, and a couple mm-hmm. different girls told me that about him, and it just felt weird about it. But I didn't, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't fucking know. Yo, you should never yeah. with your friends, anybody you get down with, you should never fuck no girl. They fuck after them or nothing, because then all that shit coming up. Whoops. Mm-hmm. All that shit you just said, everything you're y'all right. About right. That's now. how you start finding out mad weird secrets. Yeah, like, yeah he always got shit in his drawers. Right. All <laughs> you ain't want to know. Want to know, right? All yeah. Things, like, damn. things you ain't even want to know about your friends. You like, nigga, what? <laughs> he was doing what? Right. But I hate that when a girl's running around telling secrets. I remember I found out one of my friends, girl. one of my friends used to beat his girl up, but he used to he used to be talking about dudes to beat girls up all the time. Like, uh, yeah. He used to be like, that's some bullshit hitting women, and we found out this nigga was like sneaky beating his girl up yeah. all the time. We was like, this nigga's a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> I always tell the homies don't fuck with nothing, because I done told motherfuckers I'm from France, <laughs> Mars. I got all type of different aliases. Uh, all type of different characters. Yeah, I tell a motherfucker anything disrespectfully just because of, of the level of engagement. And you never know. People are so detached from themselves who they really... I ain't gonna say who you really are, but the, the space you share with a woman, that's, that's some different shit. Some people respect it, and some people, their zone is the totally disrespected. Mm-hmm. And they attract women that like that. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? You get ass of your mom. Some people... If your mom, some people seen it growing up. My mom is a real good person, but she doesn't like 
real good men. My dad is a slime ball. (laughs) Every dude she dealt with is a slime ball. So by nature, but yeah, but as far as who she is as a person, and I saw that duality young. So I was prepared for that inside the house. So maybe the average kid in school, they was giving girls lollipops and shit. And I don't have to say bitch, 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 but my mentality is probably even on certain things more than that because it's very primal. Women respect primal. Mm-hmm. But at mm-hmm. the same time, you either want force or intelligence mm-hmm. because that what you want to feel protected. If you see, that's why all fat dudes and all big dudes in any ethnic community, Greeks, Italians, blacks, Mexicans, Spanish people, the fat big nigga, he always got girls. Yeah, they have women. <laughs> Straight Absolutely. up, always because it's, it's security. security. Uh-huh, it's security you know what I'm saying? White people not really on that. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be skinny. But everybody else is on that shit. Mm-hmm. And I just know that. So if you have that primal thing going for you, it's what y'all was talking about earlier. And some of your dudes, they be they be like that in the streets. And then when they get with a girl, they just they get pegged. You feel me? Ugh. So it's it's ill. So I just stay the fuck away from all that shit. <laughs> if I know you, I'll be like, I can't fuck. No, nah. I'm cool, little mama. I'm cool. Take that, take that. Tax season. <laughs> <laughs> I want to wife up a chick that got like a train ran on her by my homies. <laughs> you wife them? I, I want it because that's like then everything's out in the open. It's like there's nothing to be. You can never get you mad about anything. After. You can't get mad at nothing. You, you do. She can't get mad at me. I can't get mad at her. It's just everything. You can what do mad fuck the shit in the future and be point. like, they ran a fucking train on you. Back in the day, though, I had homies <laughs> who wiped up chicks that, like, they the first time they fucked her was, like, with their homie at a party. And then, like, two months later, they're dating her and they're, they're in love. And oh, no, like, I've That's seen beautiful. it. Yeah. I've learned, though. I've learned to that. never judge that shit now. Yeah. I don't even care no more. Nah. What happened was I realized that I was too invested in people's affairs that had nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? And this is another That's reason how. No, this is this is how I stopped being homophobic because right. I had to realize what the fuck does that have to do with me? Mm-hmm. How they yeah, have I sex? Why do you care? I really I didn't realize. I didn't that. understand right. it. So now I realize that I'm when you get too invested in what people really do too much in their private lives. That's when you start judging or becoming. You know, racist or yeah, sexist. I understand or, having your beliefs on whatever you want to be, but that makes no sense to me. What matters, what their beliefs are. Soon as it intrudes on somebody else's shit, yeah. yeah. That's why I fuck with gay people so hard because they're all about just doing drugs and getting thoughty. You know, like <laughs> gay dudes are always just bragging about how many dudes they fucked and how much coke they did, and I'm just like, that's tight. So you saying all gay men are hoes? Yeah. Well, not, not, I don't know about all of them. There's probably a lot of nice families out there, but most of the, I met mad gay dudes and they all are just. Shout they, out to all the gay hoes. Yo, matter of fact, it's a gay hoe on my timeline. I'm Ricky DeVista. Ricky DeVista. This motherfucker's the gay hoe. Hilarious motherfucker. There's probably a lot of good, like, gay men out there who have nice houses in the suburbs and shit, but I don't know. I don't really give a fuck about them. I'm, I like the gay dudes who, like, party and stuff. They're really, like, cool and funny. Mm-hmm. I'm down with that subculture. I'm like an honorary gay dude. <laughs> They're like a um, gay on Saturdays. Such, such, a, such a friend of the community. Nah, such I'm not, a friend I, of the I community. don't take part. I'm a non-practicing gay guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> non-practicing gay. <laughs> But just because I, I like them, you know, I think they're funny. And, you know, because, all right, so I met this girl, and she's a flight attendant. And I was asking her, I'm like, yo, so why are there so many, like, gay dudes become flight attendants? And she said, well, think about it. Like, gay dudes, they, they get to travel. They all got grinder. They're all connected. And they love to just party and do drugs and fucking just fuck lots of other dudes in all different cities. They're in a different city every night. I'm like, that's why? She's like, I think so. I'm like, that's, I'm like, well, number one, I'm like, what's that say about you? But number two, that's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) 
shit. She like, you're a flight attendant, too. Yeah. Exposed her ways. <laughs> but I was just like, man, that's tight. And then she, she introduced me to a bunch of her friends who are all these, like, gay flight attendant dudes. And they were the fucking funniest dudes that I ever met in my life. And they were telling me the craziest stories about drugs and partying and all this shit. So. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to all the gay hoes out there. Yeah, ever since that night, I've been an honorary gay guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright yo We about to motherfucking wrap this up We here with motherfucking Kelly Say your name Tell them you're at and all that shit so they can follow you You know things um, of that nature My name is Cal Rochelle And it's annoying cause it's long but it's really my name What's So her? it's uh, at K-E-L-L underscore R-I-S-C-H-E-L-L-E And that's on Twitter Instagram, Snap Take that, take that Take that. Put it down. White boy Adam, my new name. White boy Adam. Ever since, ever since this interview, I think I'm just gonna roll with that. But <laughs> my Twitter is I like white boy Adam. at on some shit. O n s o m e s h i t. And then on Instagram, it's Adam twenty two. I'll spell out A D A M T W E N T Y T W O. And uh, my podcast, No Jumper. You can, you can find us on there too if you want. Shout out Tax Stone, the hardest out. Shout out to No Jumper, hardest out, hardest since Hell Rail. Let's get it. Hey, tax season. This episode of Tax Season was produced by Jonathan Menner and executive produced by Chris Morrow. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.